sorry, how many of these have we done? Too many. Too bloody many. Two. The first part of that sentence, of that answer, would be a reasonable amount of these podcasts to have done. Two. I mean, look, at, at, an, at an ambitious top end, I thought that's how many you would have me on before it's like, nah, I've got to get rid of yeah. Laura, i got to got to replace her. We, we've done two times two hundred. Fuck Done four hundred of these fucking things. Fucking hell. Give or take. I think there's a couple that aren't numbered ones and stuff like that, but we've done 400 of these fucking things now. Well, that's it. On top of that, we've got the specials, like the spoiler ones. We've got spin-off yeah. Doctors, which is a show we still talk about in the present tense. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's... I watched Final Guy months ago. I'm ready. Well, free I've got guy. a re- free guy. That's it. I, I, yeah. I've got to rewatch it now, but I've still got a notepad on my phone with questions that that film, uh-huh. <laughs> like just to assure people we will do it again. Yeah, that actually would be a good episode if we could just, yeah, <laughs> we will do it again. It's just been a time. Yep. But yeah, on top of that, 400 episodes and change but of this show this weekly show every week by the way every week almost it is it is a little shy of eight years we've been doing this thing that this thing has existed now and i am amazed that it's still here yeah that is longer than the shelf life of most podcasts for better or worse oh yeah absolutely it's the longest thing like running thing i've ever done in terms of podcasts Mm -hmm. Uh, and i've done many like 400, that's an impressive figure, but it's when I think of the years. Like, smaller number, but a far more impressive figure. Like, eight years. Someone recently put it to me, and I don't like this, that it's over a quarter of my life I've been making Podquisition. Oh, jeez. Because I'm, I'm, I'm just shy of turning 31, mm-hmm. and eight... Eight years would be a quarter of 32. So a little more than a quarter of my life I've spent making this bloody show. That is... Wow. I... I, I f- <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'm feeling myself wither as I hear that. <laughs> right. Time just keeps moving. The, the, the wheels of time refuse to stop. If we keep talking like this, in ten minutes' time I'm going to look like Mumra the Ever-Living. And I don't <laughs> want to. Because I'm very proud of my complexion, thank you very much. That's fine, if the complexion changes, hide it under all the mummy bandages. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what he did, isn't it? Yeah, because he wouldn't exfoliate. <laughs> uh, that was always Mumra's biggest problem. <laughs> Ever living, never maintaining a good skincare routine. See, I, I think Mumra's problem was just not starting HRT, because you could age, you could be an eternally living being, and as long as you, you get those, those, uh, those hormones done... That's going to shave a good chunk of that back off. Right? Mumra the Astro living. That's when we have a conversation. Yeah, I. Let's rewrite. Like, this could be the last episode of Podquisition. What we should do as a career move is we should rewrite Thundercats. <laughs> uh huh. I've got nowhere else to go with this. I, I hoped that would be enough. I hoped that would be enough for comedy to happen. Okay, so we we so we scrap podquisition and yeah. we become a do we become a podcast about rewriting Thundercats no. or do we just rewrite it in one episode and that's us done? We're out the door. No, I tell you what what we'll do is I'll write a line of dialogue, right? Then I'll email it to you, Laurie. You write a line of dialogue. You email it to Conrad, right? 
in about eight years' time, we'll have an episode ready to show HBO Max. Yeah, that pilot's going to be great. And let's face it, HBO Max needs shows. Yep. That pilot's going to have zero tonal dissonance by being written one line at a time by three people. It's going to be a very consistently toned script. And I'm sure at this rate, HBO Max will still be around by the time we get it done. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Hey, hey, I'm just going to put this on the table. Um, You are morally in the right to go and pirate every one of those shows that got nuked out of orbit. Infinity Train, go fucking pirate the shit out of that. It's a good show. Well, I mean, you are morally right to pirate. There was nothing on that list I even recognized. Oh, Infinity Train is fucking amazing. It is a great fucking show. The fact that Infinity Train has been nuked off the planet is fucking abysmal. Mm. Go pirate Infinity Train. Like, someone pointed out, like, it was a couple of weeks ago that I did an episode about that company not respecting its media. Yeah. And then this shit happened. Yeah. Like, it's wild. Um, But it's been a wild week. I've been having fun. Been a wild week and we're not talking about any of the fucking news. No, we're not doing any news. 400 episodes, it's a spectacular, and by that I mean we're not going to be depressing. Fuck yeah. But yeah... I, I, I've i had some life developments this past week. <laughs> yes, you have. I, I've I've been watching the developer of Domina, who I did a video on this past week. Um, the uh, bizarre, dubbed Steam's most unlikable game developer. You've, you've got to work hard for that title. Oh, you've really got to, to earn that odious title. Um, but I've been working in bizarre right-wing manifestos into patch notes. Yeah. Uh, anti-mask stuff, uh, transphobia stuff, of course, because it's all the rage. Yeah, like... I think a lot of people, like, noticed the one where, like, in the middle of a sentence in the patch notes, he was like, ah, you you, you cucks wearing your mask. Yeah, take off the fucking mask. You're all getting fucking sheepled by the deep state. Are you afraid to get a girlfriend by showing a woman your face? Oh, God, yes. Um, You know, one of the classic lines... Uh, in his patch notes, of course, was cranking it to e-girls won't solve the energy crisis. What? Well, learn to weld or grow a potato. I have something to say about that. I recently discovered, I think it was Coldplay are doing a tour at the moment and they have kinetic floors that allow people jumping up and down at the concert to help power the concert. I think if we applied that kinetic technology to jerking it we'd be we'd be done absolutely sorted energy crisis solved get coldplay on the phone ask them how can we put your bouncy floor tech into jerking it absolutely oh i hate everything about what you just said about the bouncy floor (laughs) tech right i oh god like i was never a coldplay fan before but fuck me I hate everything about that. That is just one of the worst. What? You hate renewable energy, Conrad. You hate renewable energy. Are you Liz trussing it right now? Are you going to come out against solar panels in fields? Oh, God. Just like telling people that they're making a difference. Oh, I fucking hate it. I, I mean, I mean, look, I, I'm not going to shit on them too much because they've had... They've done some pretty chill stuff about accessibility at their recent tour. Like, they had a couple of complaints from stuff, and then they went above and beyond to fix some shit. So I'm like... But come on, kinetic floors. Kinetic floors, you know what? It's not hurting anyone to have a bouncy floor. 
even if it doesn't power the stage, I want I want to bounce on a bouncy floor. Well, unless you fall over. Yeah, we yeah. Are we sure no one's gonna get hurt by the bouncy floor? Silence. See, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Look, if someone gets hurt on the bouncy floor, it's a Coldplay fan that got hurt on the bouncy floor. So the point is, <laughs> and, and actually, hang on. Okay, I would like have one more note. Now, I'm not again a big Coldplay fan. I'm not super familiar <laughs> with them. But they don't seem like the sort of act that gets a bunch of people jumping up and down either. I again, I I don't know. I I don't know anything about Coldplay's recent music. Coldplay Coldplay did one song I recognize from the mid two thousands, and I have nothing, no idea what they've done since. Maybe maybe they've become upbeat techno in the years since I listened to them. <laughs> Is Coldplay the one with the guy who's like, look at the stars? Look how they shine for is that is that Coldplay? I think that I think that's Coldplay. I think that's Coldplay. They did a song called Yellow. That's the one. Yeah, the Royal Yellow. Yeah, uh, that song annoys me. I hate. I like high pitched notes being hit in songs. I like an elegant ramp up to them. I don't like look how they shine for you. It, oh, it annoys me. It's such a jarring jump. I don't care how sad you are looking while you're wandering the beach. You don't get to do that, Coldplay. <laughs> I, I looked up Coldplay, the one song of theirs that I remember vaguely fondly and go, yeah, I, I'd vaguely enjoy hearing that. Viva La Vida. Livin' La Vida Loca? Yeah, they did Livin' li- li- La Vida Loca. <laughs> <laughs> that would be worthy of a bouncy floor. Um, but anyway, the point is, I'm kind of annoyed that I found a house before I realised I could live rent free in the Domino developer's head, because I, be- <laughs> I became his evening. Oh, I've been watching this unfold. It's fucking beautiful. Very frustrated, seething, coping. Um, obviously, like behaving exactly as I said he would in my video. Yeah. Went right in with the transphobia desperately trying yeah. to, to get a rise out of me making saying i'm a pretend professional wrestler which is like just factually untrue because i'm literally paid to wrestle so i am one um but yeah trying really hard like over the course of an hour he like tweeted endlessly about me yeah uh, before i discovered like before i was i checked twitter myself and saw what happened and just began laughing a laugh that wouldn't end until quite some time into the evening because he kept providing comedy and so i mentioned it offhand and a lot of my followers you know we all had fun and bants um and anyone who liked tweets about him got instantly blocked by the guy while he desperately tried to get me to talk to him up to and including copying twitter support into a tweet (laughs) to say that i'm not talking to him because my account was hijacked because i i keep talking around him and not to him and it's driving him up the wall the the problem is is he like within like two or three tweets he he like very clearly stated the fact that he wanted you to talk to him and every time you didn't he just got more and more wound up and he kept reiterating i am upset and annoyed that you're ignoring me Mm -hmm. and it's frustrating me he gave you the keys to be like this is how to annoy him when anyone else told him like like that he's mad and angry like he'd instantly do the like he's a drill tweet given form like he's the epitome of the uh, i'm not mad please don't tell the papers that i got mad or i'm not owned (laughs) i'm not owned like 
It's been wonderful. Never have I had to do so little and get so much. And I have missed having a pet Steam developer. It's... It's been a delight. And on on top of that, I have a no, deal or no deal fruit machine. Yes, I saw your fucking fruit machine. Like, it doesn't get better than that. Oh, uh, you can just go in your, your, your basement and try and defeat Noel Edmonds whenever you want. Yeah, <laughs> that's a game. Oh, my God, that is a video game. Oh, my God, the basement of Edmonds. Like, the, the the house from Noel Edmonds' house party, left in disrepair and ruin after Crinkly Bottom was hit with a financial crisis that saw the civilians like just abandon the place. But Edmonds is still stalking the basement, and you got to go down there with a big hammer. Sorry, I'm... I- very excited about the idea of battering Noel Edmonds. A monstrous fictional Noel Edmonds, not the monstrous non-fictional, of course. You should be very excited about all of the new villains you have acquired this week. Oh, well, I mean, get in the basement. Um, so yeah, yeah, I've got a fruit machine. I, I For 300 quid, I bet like, oh, like just shy of 400, right? Yeah. Because, um... I've been looking at like local auctions and um Fee's dad has been like like he's big into them. Yeah. So I've been looking at them and being like, oh get me that, get me that, get me that. Um and I've been getting some cool shit. So for just shy of four hundred, I got a washing machine, a pretty modern one at that, Ooh. a lawnmower, like just stuff I need for the house. Yeah. A Noel Edmonds fruit machine. <laughs> like, and I mean like a p- proper one. Like a full size. It's as big as me that comes from a pub. I've seen the pictures. It it It's a glorious thing. Yep. Fully working. I've got the keys to it and everything. And they're highly regulated. So, you know, I'm quite fancy pants. Uh, I got that. I got a Wii. Uh, Wii. And it had Resident Evil 4 in the... Disc trace, that's a result. Uh, the best version of Resident Evil 4. Many would, would say, absolutely. Uh, so I got that. And a, and a box full of Happy Meal toys. Oh, plus a creepy clown doll, which I've not seen yet. It's apparently somewhere within my hall. And here's the thing. Here's the thing, gang. <laughs> Next week, I've heard they've got a pinball machine. <gasps> my creepy murder basement is gonna be the most neon glitzy electrified fun murder basement that ever there was people are gonna want to be kidnapped and trapped down there probably it's what i'll tell the police look if i ever got kidnapped and that's where i ended up i mean i'd be screaming for help and to be let go but at least i'd you know have some fun while i waited for rescue absolutely all i need now is an ice cream machine and and you know oh. they're going to live very comfortably, aren't you? For a while. For the moment, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <sighs> so where 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 do we want to start this week's episode off? Do we want to talk about uh talk about games? What we've been playing this week, or do we want to do one of the couple of hastily thrown together gimmicky things I have for this episode? Let's do a gimmick. Yeah. Let's. Why not? Let's 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 do Laura's uh, hastily thrown together gimmicks corner. Right. What should we start with? Uh, you know what we'll start with. This 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 podcast started eight years ago in 2014. So hey, what was going on in video games in 2014? Oh God. Not the news. No. We're not going to touch on any of the news. No. 
The year that... No, ca- uh, no. Can I not no. say the word? No. <laughs> no. We're going to talk about the video games that came out in 2014, and that's all we're talking about. We don't want to talk about August of 2014. No, we're going to talk about video games. It's kind of like talking about the origin of this podcast and not like... Because it's, it's almost inextricably linked. Those two things were happening at the same time. No, those two... No, there's no, there's no connection. There's no nothing. We're talking about video games the video yes. games came yes. out and nothing else <laughs> happened that year all right okay i i will i'll make you right on that but conrad does have a point that that the unpleasantness <laughs> of 2014 um yeah is is i mean it was just the dominating thing of that year yeah and we're not gonna linger on it it was a weird as fuck year it was a horrible year for me <laughs> It was a bad one. Well, yeah, we're not going to linger on it because the world has managed to do that for us. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, so 2014, the year in games, not the games community. Yeah, the year and the video game products that released during that 12 months. Uh, so let's start by looking at the games that won Game of the Year at various places yeah, that year. Um, Dark Souls 2. What's the year of Dark Souls 2? Dark Souls 2. Yeah. A game that I actually did not play even though i'm a big dark souls fan didn't play dark souls 2 until many years after the fact i didn't actually play it till scholar of the first sin i skipped over it as well at the time and it's one i've come back to later but that i like it it was not a big part of my 2014 i know that much no 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 i skipped it entirely that that was one that i i well after doing dark souls i was like no i'm good (laughs) remained good actually yeah. Other other stuff that uh, that got big awards that year. Uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, a game that I always want to like, but there's some stuff about its quest pacing that every time I go back to it, I'm like, yeah, I want to like it more than I do. God, there were some good fucking games released in 2014. Yeah, we'll we'll finish the 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 uh, the, the the game of the year winner ones, and then we'll there are some good ones we'll get to in a second. Uh, yeah. It was the year of Middle of Earth Shadow of Mordor. Shadow of Mordor, tell you what. Shadow of Mordor. Fucking good game. Yeah, right. Obviously, Shadow of War kind of with its loot boxes and controversies, especially if you're a Jimquisition viewer, will have upstaged it. Yeah. But it has to be said, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor was a fucking good game the nemesis system really was great yeah that was really interesting because it, it's not it's not my vibe right i do not give fuck one about middle earth or uh, really any of that yeah but the combat was was very very solid and there was just something about the way the nemesis system made it personal yes when that nemesis system was working well it really felt like handcrafted in a way it it had no right to being as procedural as it was i think part of what made it work was like not just the mechanics but the the characterization around it because the orcs and and that in lord of the rings don't get much attention no one really cares about their culture or their personalities or personas because they're just meat to be ground up by the heroes. So giving them personalities and little quirks and traits and having these, having them grow alongside you, that's what I like about it. Because like you, Conrad, I'm not like a big Lord of the Rings fan. I've, I watched, I've watched the films. They're fun. But I'm not like super into uh, Lord of the Rings. But this made me care more 
at least about that side of things. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it just it made the generic chaotic evil fodder, the, the sort of peon goons, interesting. Yeah. Which I think is, is a, a big sort of, to its credit, it gets a lot of credit for the mechanics, but I think the creative side deserves a lot too. Yeah. Um, other stuff that came out that year... Alien Isolation, oh. which is a fucking phenomenal video game. Honestly, maybe my favourite. Like, you know, I've made no secret of the fact I'm a massive Aliens fan. Mm. Quite possibly the best Aliens game or Alien game. I, I think for me, without a doubt it is. Um, it, it is exactly what I want out of an Aliens piece of media, which is just unsettling consistent horror of something that is completely out of your ability to deal with yeah that feels like it's following consistent rules about how it behaves never like very rarely feels unfair it's just you and this thing that wants you dead and some of the creepiest robots in video games the working shows are so fucked up to the point where when they were when they appeared in uh, Aliens Fireteam Elite, like, I marked out a bit. Like, I was excited because <laughs> I fucking... They're just so delightfully creepy. Um, but yeah, that game is brilliant. It's gorgeous. And the aesthetic is like... There's there's so much media about Aliens, the sequel, um, that the look and feel of that game is replicated... Of that film is replicated not just in games about it, but in so much media. But the aesthetic of Alien was different. It was Mm. different to Aliens. Um, It was cleaner, kind of more retro sci-fi in some ways. uh, And Alien Isolation nailed that. Absolutely nailed that. Um, and And it was just really clever. Like, it wasn't just you hiding from the alien. It was like throwing a lure into a, a little sort of group of human enemies to get the xenomorph to attack them instead and stuff like that yeah really good game good fucking video game um what else jazz punk was 2014 oh yeah a very uh obviously special one like dear to my heart because i'm in it yeah um i voiced two characters in jazz punk you you got to do a wonderful um rita repulter uh, repulsor-esque uh screech that i enjoy a lot rita repulsor Carmen Miranda mashup. Oh, yeah, a lovely game. Well pleased. Well, one of the ones I really liked in 2014, Octodad. Oh, which I still think is the best execution of deliberately poor to control game for comedic effect that there has been. I don't think it's been like anything has done it as well since. In that it managed to avoid the uncanny valley of. Being absurd, but very straight-faced about it. And I still love that video game. I think it's fantastic. It's got a lot of heart to it. Yeah. I I, I wasn't as in love with it as many people were. But I did play it. I did like it. It was very cute. Yeah. Smash Brothers for Wii U and 3DS came out, which I only bring up because it is relevant to the birth of this show and our first episode being about Smash Brothers Amiibos and... Link famously pissing out his ass. He did piss right out of his ass. He did piss right out his ass. You know his ass, right? Yeah. Piss came out of that like nobody's business, dirty boy. I mean, it still amuses me that the only other Link amiibo that exists looks like he's just like shitting out a bunch of cum. 
Like he's just got a big white cum string coming out his ass and the, the other one. Well, we've we've all been there. Yeah, everyone's, you know, being fucked up the ass a little bit like, oops, there come oh, out comes the cum. Here's cum. <laughs> everyone's been there. Yeah. Great game. Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight was 2014. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Shovel Knight is such a good fucking video game. It's a game I didn't appreciate until it came out on 3DS. Yeah. I think that's the way around. Or was it? It was whatever system it was on first. I didn't quite like it. And then I played when it re-released elsewhere. Probably on the Switch, actually. Yeah. But it was a game that I felt demonstrated the importance of system Mm. uh, as well as what a game itself does as software sometimes the system it's on can also affect the way you engage with it Um, so i liked it a lot more when it came out later yeah it's it's a game that as time goes on my positive opinion of has not decreased i still think that from the music to the visual direction the way it felt to play Some of the design choices, like being able to smash checkpoints for rewards, but you can't use that checkpoint anymore. Like, it had so many just very well thought through interlocking elements that were... They made a a very impressive whole. P.T. Ah! That came out in 2014. I still have my copy on my PS4. Yeah, I still have access to P.T. Are they still worth quite a bit of money? Probably not. I think the hype over that's over. Who knows? I'm going to eBay search it now and see. Oh, okay. Yeah, you do so. Yeah. How much is it to get a, P- a PS4 with PT on it? Um, uh, You're looking at like 250 to £300. Okay, that's not how it used to be. No. You're paying a bit above the odds for a PS4, but like not impossibly expensive. As they were at some point. But of course, PT was a very exciting thing. Yeah. My favourite bit was how confident um, Hideo Kojima was that nobody would solve it, like, for ages. <laughs> and then it was like five minutes later and someone was like, finished! I've shown my working out. Am I right? It took like three hours for someone to to, 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 to finish it and be on yeah. stream and go, fuck, fuck, fuck. No one's going to believe me. Fuck, come <laughs> watch. Ah. I think uh, I think the uh, the estimate from Kojima was two weeks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, doing it inside of three hours is not bad going. I I still really, I really like that as a way to, to do something like that. I like that they had the confidence to just no sell it as a small little indie thing and just be like, oh yeah, it's just a little playable, is a little demo, go check it out if you want. Yeah. And to just leave it to ripple is a confident move. It, well, yeah, it, it shows the kind of courage, and this is something that I have been complaining about a bit on one of my other podcasts, Let's Talk About Snacks. It's that, yes, it's a Silent Hill game. Yeah. But they had the courage to release it without the branding. You know, as its own thing, as its own product. And to have at least a few hours where people could just experience it without preconceptions of what it was. Right. And, you know, something came out that they slapped the Doritos brand on recently. And it's nothing like a Doritos snack. There's no reason for it. It doesn't need to be Doritos, except that they're afraid no one will buy it unless it's got Doritos on it. It's that kind of shit. Um, and I feel like that is something that is a problem a bit in games that, you know, we're so focused, well, it's in media broadly, we're so focused on individual brands 
and exploiting those and not being willing to take a risk on something new. This was an interesting middle ground approach to that, that they had something in the back pocket that was brand and they could take advantage of. But it's not a super strong brand, let's be honest, as much as we all like Silent Hill as a franchise, it's not... Yeah, but I mean, putting putting some mystique into it and have it like I think this was the right way to go. Here's a brand that people have somewhat gotten tired of, and go, we did something new mm-hmm. with it that's gotten your attention. Yep. Yeah. And I think it's like it really succeeded at that. Like, particularly being like, hey, a series that isn't historically first person, we've made it a first person demo, giving you so little to work with until the the reveal drop. It it was a really good signifier of hey we're trying to shake something up and Mm -hmm. it is a real shame that we never got to see what that project would have eventually been but uh, it's it's its own weird little thing um some some other vaguely relevant to this show uh drops of 20 2014 five nights at freddy's was 2014 (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that was 2014 and let me just apologise to everyone again. Yeah. As, as someone who had uh, an indirect hand in its creation and the uh, the media monster that followed. Yeah, there was a bell curve of like, oh, hey, that that happened, that happened. Oh, God, that's happening. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was the Five Nights at Freddy's year. One that I particularly like, The Last of Us Left Behind. Mm-hmm. That just couple of hours little little short story about, about some gays in the post-apocalypse. I really like that. I just enjoy playing as some gays. Uh, that's quite rare in games. It's nice to have some gays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's there's a handful of 2014 things. Oh, Hyrule Warriors, that was 2014. Brilliant game. Yeah. Brilliant game. It was also the year of Titanfall. Oh, original Titanfall. Original Titanfall, Ooh. which was full of ideas and... It sure is a game that meant that we got Titanfall 2. Yeah, well, that's that that was the best thing it ever did. Yeah. Titanfall is still, I think, one of the biggest examples of hype gone astray in the gaming community, and games media in particular. I also think it's one of the best examples of just because you have an idea and it doesn't immediately do everything perfectly out the gate doesn't mean you should throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. Like. Sometimes stick with the thing and keep going with it and you can make a bloody masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, because Titanfall 2 really is brilliant. It's the lesson that Sega needs to learn with Sonic. Maybe you stick with a thing for more than one game and you might make something good. Yeah. Drakengard 3 was 2014. Oh. I need to go back. I recently replayed Drakengard. I think I mentioned a little while ago. Yeah. Fucking dreadful. So bad. Drakengard 3 was fun, though. Yeah, that is again a series that starts off pretty goddamn awful, but eventually leads to some very good games. Uh, so yeah, what's everyone been playing this week? What have we been playing this week? Uh, well, I think you and I both finished Cult of the Lamb. Yeah, yeah, I finished quote-unquote Cult of the Lamb and then kept going a little longer, but I saw what is the end of the core story. How are you, how, how are you feeling now you finished it? Uh, empty. Yeah. A little empty. Yeah. I very much enjoyed it, and I wanted more. Yeah, but there wasn't any more, and that was kind of... Yeah. Like, I had so thoroughly exhausted really anything to do in terms of my cult management end that when I went through and did the final boss... Well, for one, I was 
egregiously overpowered. Yeah. The little first two encounters of the boss fight <laughs> would go down from single hits from my uh my demons. Yeah. No. Uh so and, I mean, you know, that's it's it's the bo- last boss fight feels like it should be more climactic than it actually is. I didn't hate that last boss fight being the way it was no. because for me it kind of had this nice narrative tone of my enemy has completely and utterly underestimated how powerful I have become. Yeah. And for all their bravado, they are not in any position to stop me. Yeah. And I kind of liked that narratively. I thought that had kind of a fitting end tonally. Yeah, that definitely works. Yeah. I I very much enjoyed this as a game that maybe like, I, I feel like 25, 25, 30 hours is a reasonable, most people will probably finish this in. Yeah. And it's no, it's kind of nice to have a game like that that you can reach a satisfying conclusion in about that amount of time. And if I want to go back in and play around with the, the combat mechanics again, probably wouldn't bring the demons in in order to make it a bit more challenging for myself. Yeah. And I would just do, do the mushroom ritual so everyone's faith stays high, make them fast for three days, go on some dungeon runs. And there's definitely still some content there for me to see, but I had a really good time with this game, and the biggest complaint I have is I would love for there to be more. And there are far worse complaints to have when you've finished a game that you've spent tens of hours in. Yeah. Unless you're that one person on Steam who complained that it was too short because they beat it in 17 hours. How dare! Little on the short side. Fucking hell. I've spent more money on shorter amounts of time having enjoyment. I've probably gone and seen good films at the cinema that I spent as much as I did on Cult of the Lamb. Yeah. What did I see recently? I went and saw Jordan Peele's Nope. That was like under two hours. Probably spent about the same on that as I did Cult of the Lamb. Length doesn't inherently mean an experience. Is Nope good? I I still haven't seen it and I really want to. Oh, Nope is really good. Um, Have you seen and enjoyed Jordan Peele's previous stuff? Oh, yes, 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 yes. No, No spoilers. This is something a little different to his other work. And the main thing I would say is I'm glad that I went into this with a a level of trust in Jordan Peele's ability to pull off a good narrative, because you have to sit with it, and it, it, it expects you to, to to trust it for a little while. Oh, I've watched Stanley Kubrick. I mean, like, I, I came out of, out of it talking to Jane, um, not exactly um, David Lynch, but you know how David Lynch will make you sit with the mundane oh, before yeah. he will do the thing, and, like, the, the amount of time you've sat with the mundane improves the payoff when that changes. Sure. It's that kind of thing, but a little little different. But it's a good film. I came out of it with a lot of thoughts. I, I very much at this point just... If Jordan Peele's name's on something, I very much trust it to be of a decent quality. Yeah, I've, I've been at that point for a little while. It, yeah. Safe bet. I recently binged both seasons of the rebooted Twilight Zone mm. that he was involved in. and Hit and miss, but so was the original Twilight Zone. That wasn't... Uh... Yeah. I mean, it's it's an anthology, and with any anthology, there'll be some that will be more hit than, than yep. others, but I still think that there is a surprising amount of hits for something that is so many different genres back-to-back. Yep. And that, that is enough for me to go, yeah, you you have a lot of genres you know how to how to play around in. Yeah. Uh, Steph, what are you what have you been playing this week? It's about time we talked about video games yeah, on this video right. game podcast that I'm famous talking about um i have played saints row the new one. Oh, I, yeah which i didn't know was so imminent i did not know 
I have started playing it and mm, it's fine so far. I put a couple hours into it. It's yeah, it's I'm not hating it, but I'm not. Yeah, someone who adored Saints Row 2 and 4 and was a bit disappointed with 3 from a creative direction. I'm not grabbed and it's got some issues on a technical level for sure. Here's how I'm feeling about it so far. It has the issue that I think any Saints Row game that wasn't trying to escalate from 4 was going to have, where that series has had become something very specific and any amount of ramping down was going to be felt. I don't dislike it. I don't love it mechanically. I'm already starting to stumble into some pretty severe areas of how do you do fellow teens. Some of the writing already is getting hmm. real. Here's a bunch of um, here's a bunch of of uh, middle aged men in a boardroom trying to write teenagers, which is interesting. I don't hate it enough to put it down, but I'm also like I'm I'm. It's missing that spark that that would get me excited to be playing. Yeah, it is hard to go back. To a clean slate, not just in terms of escalation, but characters as well. Yes. Because by the end of it, like um, with uh, Shandy and Kinsey and Johnny Yat and... um, Yeah. um, Well, I can't remember his name. My favourite character, the one voiced by Yuri Lowenthal, um, was in charge of the Deckers in Saints Row. Matt Miller, I think, is the name. Yes. Um, Like, I loved Matt Miller. I I liked a lot of those characters, and it's hard to see, like, start again with a new cast who seem fine. But yeah, it's it's certainly lacking in in the personality department. Yeah, it's not made enough of an initial statement to go. This is different to original Saints Saints Row, but I'm invested in the new thing right now. It feels like it's treading waters, and I'm waiting to find out why I need to care. Yeah, and like the side activities aren't as good. Like yeah. they're very straightforward and simple. I don't like the map. Yeah. The map doesn't show you where you are on it. Like, when you start the map, the cursor will be where you are, but am I missing something, or is there no marker where you are? No, I'm having similar trouble working out where I am. It's weird, and the the, the mini-map on screen is a little non-specific. Like, it's... It'll show you the area where everything is, but you've still got to do a little bit of hunting when you get there. It's not only hard to go back from a sort of escalation and character development point, but it's also hard to go back from, like, when you get to, like, Saints Row 4, that game had really lent into, hey, this is a big open world, but we are going to make traversal so fucking seamless it will be a joy to move around this world. And, like, losing some of those traversal options, I understand from a sort of regrounding it perspective why it has to happen, but it it's hard to go back from... The degree of freedom a little bit. Yeah. Like, I'm torn on that, because the sprinting and the mega jumping and everything was fun. It also trivialized the cars. Oh, yeah, I never used the cars. Yeah. And it, and I do like that in this one, there's a lot more sort of car customization and playing with that. I've had fun with that. I'll be honest, the main reason I was upset that I didn't use the cars more in Saints Row 4 is I missed all the, the radio playing. Yeah. 
Well, you're not going to miss that here. Yeah. That's another thing that I noticed was, (laughs) like, is it all original music or just, like, very cheap music? Because none of it stands out and there there is not a channel for 80s shit like usual. So I'm completely out of my depth. (laughs) And something tells me you're not going to get, like you did in all the previous games, a bit where, where your character is singing along to the radio because there's nothing to sing along to. Oh, but what if they sing along to, like, one of the songs that they've created for it and try to pass it off as something that we all know and love, some old standard? (laughs) That'd actually be amazing. I would love that. That would pop this into Game of the Year territory for me. Um, But yeah, it's it's got a lot of recognisable Saints Row DNA, but it is not the same Saints Row, and that's to its detriment. Well, that's the thing is, it doesn't have to be the same Saints Row, but it's yet to give me a firm sense of what this Saints Row is. Yes. Like, I don't know what this makes this Saints Row unique or its own. I don't know what the selling point of this Saints Row is. Well, I think the problem is, is partly what you've brought up. Like, it's part and parcel of what you've brought up in the in, in order to reset a few things, all they've really given us is Saints Row but not too much Saints Row. It's almost the Saints Row you remember, but it's a Saints Row that pulls its punches. Here's the thing, is, and I'm very early in this still, so I might be completely off base, but the vibe I have is, have they deliberately held themselves back so that they can recreate the escalation when they do sequels? Are they trying to go back to Saints Row 1 so that they can do the, we're going to make it into more, like, more of a thing as it, escalates through games i hope not and i don't know if that's the case but it's it's a lingering thought i keep having is are you deliberately holding back because that's what the original did yeah hopefully not i don't like the healing system all that much either Mm. the having to kill a lot of enemies and then perform a finisher on one of them to regain your health i see what they're going for and and you know games like doom eternal handled it pretty decently but it's just a little off here yeah, and then that's the thing about this whole game. It's Saints Row that's a little off. It's not a bad game. Not a terrible game. No, no, it's not. It's just, it's just, it's a little uncanny. As someone who's still waiting to get their internet set up here, for just a couple more days, oh. um, and is desperate for entertainment, like, it'll do. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and that that's, like, I, I think I'm underselling how much I'm enjoying it. Like, I'm not loving it, but I am liking it. I'm having fun, but not in a way where I would ever think to recommend it to someone. No, this if you know if someone wants to play Saints Row, I'm like play Saints Row too because the the protagonist in that game is so overly fucking harsh. Yeah, it's it's one of those like if if someone asked me what have I been playing recently that they should check out, it's not going to be on that list. But I'm not having a bad time while I play it. Yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at with it. Um, I do like its colours, though. Yeah. Um, I mentioned the new TV last week and just how 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 much colour contrast it has, like just how much I love the screen. And this game is very has a lot of bright, glaring colours, um, especially at night um, with the the lighting and everything. And it because the game graphically is actually not all that great. It's very dated looking in terms of certainly animations and character models, but it does have nice colours. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Conrad, what have you been playing this week? You played anything else? I I was, uh, I saw a lot of buzz 
on Twitter, in and amongst my tweets, for uh, a game called Curse to Golf. Oh, I saw that in the store uh, on Switch, I think, and was interested, because I'm not a big golfer, but it looked interesting. Cursed, as in you have been forced to golf by a curse. Cursed to golf. Yeah, sort of. I mean, it's it's not quite cursed, but yeah. Uh, You are a very talented golfer who was on the verge of becoming, you know, just a legend in your own time. And as you are swinging in the final stroke of the tutorial, this is yeah, pretty well executed. Uh, your club is struck by lightning, and you find yourself in golf purgatory. Uh-huh. And you can return to life, but you will have to play through the 18 holes to get back to the living world. And so it's a golf game with some roguelike elements. Okay. You proceed from one hole to the next in your little golf cart. The hole, the, I can't, I don't know for sure if the holes are generated based on a few, you know, on a series of designs or they just have a whole bunch of bespoke versions of individual holes. I'm not sure which way it is, but the holes are different every time, seemingly, that you, you progress through them. And they have, you know, interesting traps. It's all a 2D perspective, so it's kind of like platforming to an extent. Yeah. Some of them are very vertical. Some of them are largely horizontal. Uh, you have water hazards and sand traps and, and the rough like you, you would normally find. Uh, but then there's, you know, like also a couple of thematic things like a trap where it's a gravestone and if you land on the dirt around it, a hand comes up, steals your ball and you get a stroke penalty. That's kind of cute. Visually, it's very cute. Like the design is great. It's got this fun pixel art style. It's very cute. I'm looking at it now. It looks very endearing. Yes. And I I like the mechanics of the game uh, broadly. You are limited to just three clubs. That's all you need. Um, you have your driver, an iron, and a wedge. If you, if you know any golf games, your driver's your distance club. Iron's for shorter uh, range and for getting height uh, if you need to bounce over something. And a wedge is for getting yourself out of a spot. It does away with the putter altogether, hmm. which is perfectly acceptable for the way this is structured because it's really more aimed towards chip-ins. And then you get an extra degree of control with spin. Spin in most golf games is something that's handled uh, at or before the point of contact with the ball. Here, spin is managed in flight. Oh. And so you can adjust it after a bounce. Uh-huh. And as long as you've got a little bit of momentum left to spin with, um, and you, yeah, I think you tap it in flight to charge it up, and then you select your direction uh, with the analog, and you can switch it after a bounce. You do get a pretty considerable amount of control that uh, really helps with the precision that the game can demand of you. Or to help you overcome your, oh my god, I can't believe I just barely fucked that shot up. Mm. Very, very often until I learned about the spin, which you have to have actually lost a hole before or, or lost at a run before it tells you about it i'll get back to this kind of thing in a second but it's it's very very useful 
and then the third mechanic are cards that you get. Um, you can use cards during play. They have effects like uh, allowing you to just make this shot a practice shot so that you can see if you're right about how the ball is going to perform, you know, in, in terms of getting to your aim. You have a mulligan, so you can redo a shot. There's one where the ball splits in three, and you can choose which of the balls you want after the shot's complete. A time stopper that will basically drop the ball at the point at which you hit the button. One that removes bounce. One that uh, allows you to change the direction of the ball mid-flight. whole bunch of these different things. You can use them in coordination or individually. Uh, you have a decent handful of them to use, and you can buy more at shops along the way, or they can be uh, given to you as rewards for um, choosing paths along along your route. So there's a lot of options and a lot of strategy, and you can do a bunch of planning. And all of this is really, really, really good. And it is frustrating the way a golf game should be. I tried to stream it. And it was a miserable experience to stream. It's like not, I don't enjoy streaming it because I, I am frustrated and I feel like it is frustrating to watch me play it. Especially as I'm the sort of person who will be like, all right, well, this runs fucked and abandon it and just go and start again. And that's another issue. Boy, this game has some, needs some user experience tweaks. Uh, it has a fast forward for skipping through cutscenes and the preview of the course that it gives you at the start of every fucking hole. But it's a fast forward. It's not a skip. So you still have to go through the whole fucking thing. And when you fast forward, it kills the music. So now you're just blankly looking at a very quickly flashing thing. It has text progression that works too well. You know, you're trying to speed up the appearance of text by pressing the A button, but that also will just progress it to the next one as soon as it's completed. Uh, oh, it's little shit like that that drives me fucking crazy. Give me an option to skip the course preview. Because it's not helpful. You're bouncing around all over the place on it anyway. I, you're not helping me define anything with it. You're just showing me snapshots of something that I'm just about to zoom out and look at the whole fucking thing anyway. It infuriates me. And it infuriates me that every review that I, I have seen written about this that presents just glowing fucking praise heaped on this admittedly neat golf game somehow manages to ignore all of these smaller issues that... Oh, ruin, absolutely ruin the experience for me. I'm just, I'm, I'm so upset because it's, you know, I saw some discourse. Oh dear, I'm so sorry, Conrad. Yeah, I saw some discourse where people were like, oh, God, we finally hit peak roguelike because now they're like digging up golf. And, and you know what? Yeah, yeah, maybe we have. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe some of us have been waiting for this. <laughs> So all of us have been waiting for them to run out of all of the base level ideas and really dig into the shit and find cool stuff. I've waited for this. And then they sent me this unpolished pile. And I'm so sad. 
Oh no, the video games broke Conrad, oh no. That's the most emotional I've ever heard you, Conrad. <laughs> ever. Yeah. In over 10 years of knowing you. Curse uh, of very good in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. I hope they can just, it really wouldn't take much to make this a great game. Um, and it, it, you don't get upset. If you play golf games, you have an expectation of frustration. That's part of the experience, but this is frustrating in ways not related to the golf, and that's a problem. Yeah. But mechanically, it's it's really neat, and, and I would love to recommend it to people if you are interested in a golf game. Oh, uh, in between holes, you get to choose paths um, for rewards, and, and you earn money during the thing to go into the shop and buy more cards. Those are the other like little roguelike mechanics. Um, there's boss holes where you have to compete against somebody. Um, those are really hard. It's good. Those all sound like really neat parts of a hole that just don't come together. Yeah, and and, and but it's fixable. It, it's fixable in ways that don't actually infringe on the gameplay. So there's that. But no, I'm 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 psyched about the idea of people being like, well, we could try golf. Because it means that we are really reaching a point where we're so saturated. It's it's why I got so excited when Nintendo started putting shit out, like uh, like Tetris ninety nine started being right? a thing. I'm like, yeah, get get battle, yeah, battle royales got saturated enough that people were trying weird shit. But then I'm like, that's where I'm gonna start paying attention. Give me weird battle royales. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, who else has played stuff? a huge amount to say on this but i jumped back into vampire survivors after not playing it for ages originally when i played that game i'd played it in a very very unfocused way i'd not paid much attention at all to what the conditions were to unlock things what Mm. the challenges were i was just having fun watching number go up and i was like i want to at some point start doing the big challengey stuff but i wanted to wait until there was a bit more content so i could do a lot of stuff at once and I've started working through like the big list of things I need to do to unlock stuff. And oh my god, there was so much of this video game I had not even registered existed. Oh, yeah. And here's the thing. I know from talking to both of you, I know that there's a lot more in this video game I've never come across. But I'm st- I'm starting to hit that wall where I'm like, okay, let's go actively seeking out the content. Oh god, there's so much content. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think they are mostly done i get that sense my understanding i th- is it seems like it's coming towards 1.0 so i i was like now's a good time for me to jump in and do the let's go do all the things yeah and oh my oh my goodness there's so many characters and so many interesting ways that things interact with each other and oh my god you can make the numbers go up so much more than i thought you could oh yes i have uh, i mean I did a run um, not long ago where I brought in something in the measure of like 450,000 gold. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, I watched Jane do a couple of playthroughs with the new final character. Oh, yep, yep. I unlocked them, did that run recently. So... She play she plays Vampire Survivors on a very like on a like reasonably powerful gaming PC. Right. This is the first time I've seen that game cause her computer to chug to such a degree she had to turn the damage numbers off to get it running properly because it was just oh oh 
How is that functioning? That new character is a beast because of oh, the yeah. the access to randomatsu that you get. Like you can have so many arcana. Yeah, so my understanding is you've got access to lots and you can pick rather than randomly getting stuff, I think? Yeah, I, th- I think you get as many as, like, four or five cards. Yes, and by being able to choose which four or five, you can make some truly broken, unhinged shit. I mean, my my strategy for the last uh, several weeks, because the arcana was something that I never touched at all. I just didn't want to yes. deal with it. It was too much additional randomness being flung in. But now, now I am at a point where everything has been... Well, everything's open to me. Yeah. And the Arcana have become a much, much bigger part of my my gameplay approach. And so, whereas before, I would have used rerolls to get the weapons that I want. Mm. Because I have so many banishes and skips, if it becomes a problem that I'm not getting the thing that I want, I can leverage those and it's not a problem. All of my rerolls get saved for Arcana. Mm. Because I, that way I always get the things I want. Yeah. So I always get Disco of Gold when I want it. I always get Mad Grove when I want it. And boy, and now and now with the multipliers from the sheer number of eggs I have managed to pile onto one character, it's it's wild. I am so excited to put more time into this game. It's been it's been on my list of ones I want to get back into, and I was like, I don't want to have more than two. I don't want to have more than two games on the go at once. Right. And I need to finish Blade Three still, but I was like, as soon as Cult of the Lambs out of the way, it's time I'm going back in and. Oh god, if seriously, I know we've brought this game up so many times on this show. If you're listening, it sounds interesting to you and you haven't picked it up, it's like two bucks. There is so much good ADHD satisfying goodness in this two dollar video game. I've been playing it as we record this podcast, I was doing a run. I'm in the I'm in the dairy farm, which I used to fucking hate, but now it doesn't matter because it's all laughable to me. And I got my st- Second Arcana, and I brought Mad Grove in and brought in all of the secondary items to get all the mini bosses. Mm. And then I got a Lancet piece that froze everyone and a fireball, and I wasted all four of them in 10 seconds. In one line with the flame and and then moved on with my like, like they were dead at 1120. All four of them. I am two. I am currently at seventeen thirty-five, level two twenty-seven. Hmm. Well, I am excited to get back into this. Yes. I um can't talk about Vampire Survivors right ethically for a little bit. Uh, I won't say any more than that. Just that I might be working on something. As someone who has to occasionally not talk about games for ethical reasons. Yeah, we we get it. Yeah, it might be working on a little something. Um, but yeah, I mean, my my opinion's been made more than clear in the past. Exactly. Um, well, I think, uh, yeah, has anyone, has anyone played anything else this week? Uh, I have. Oh, what you got? Yeah, well, I mentioned earlier that I uh, came into possession of a Wii. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you'd all like to just join me. 
Oh no, we're going to another corner. We're going to run out of corners. How many corners does this room have? I mean, we're living in a dodecahedron. How many corners does that have? All I know is the one that we're on this week is Stephanie's Wee Corner. Oh, that was satisfying. Steph, you might want to rebrand yeah. this particular one because it does just sound like the corner you go to piss yeah, in quietly on. during the show. Uh, no, I am fully aware of what it sounds like. We're going to go to Stephanie's wee corner. Yeah. <laughs> the name will stay. <laughs> I'm proud of you for sticking to your guns. Absolutely sticking to my sticking to the wee corner where I belong. So, yes, <laughs> I got a wee for like, silly cheap. Bought some games. I was at CX today, actually, and I have bought. I've not got. I, I bought these and haven't gotten around to playing them yet. Um, I think some of them I've played before. Some of them um, I always wanted to. I just never got around to. Uh, I bought today Wii Sports, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Red Steel Two, uh, a game I really liked, and it was three pounds. And Ubisoft did publish it, but Ubisoft, you know, obviously spent a long time doing terrible things and allowing all sorts of abuse. Uh, it does need a Wii Motion Plus, which I forgot about, and I don't have one of those yet. I I can I can check you one of those. I've got a couple of spares. Thank you. I got a Puna, the old uh, Tecmo Koei published game that I always wanted to get around to playing but never did. Um, there's that. I've got uh, a classic, uh, another one that I never played but wanted to, Sin and Punishment, Successor of the Skies. Heralded as one of the best. Oh, that is... I, I'm i a big fan of that mm-hmm. one. I think it's pretty good, or at least I remember it being pretty good years later. Another classic that I never played uh, was Zack and Wiki Make a Porno. <laughs> oh, that game. That game. Mm, That's really hard and fun and brilliant. I love that game. Yes. It is a game that really lent into what the Wii was good at. Yes. Yeah. And had some very creative be- ideas behind it. Uh, two quid as well. Not bad. Yeah. And I got, just because I saw it, uh, Mad Dog McCree Gunslinger Pack. Oh, wow. I just feel like it's going to be a bit of a laugh. It is a bit of a laugh. Yeah. I got another couple the other day, Kirby's Epic Yarn. Oh, that's adorable, that game. Fucking love that game. Absolutely beautiful. I'll probably cover that in a Wii corner. <laughs> that's a great it's, sentence. It's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's a wholesome game that is in no way challenging, but sometimes you just kind of want to not be challenged by a game and be like, it's just sweet and nice. Yeah, just a very delightful little game. The two that I've played to some degree this week is uh, WarioWare Smooth Moves. Oh, yes. Which I believe, being back in the UK now, I've got that interesting thing of... of games being titled differently or not even being available at all. So I believe Wario West Move Moves is called something else in the US. But either way, it was that launch title for... I think it was a launch title very early on. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Just motion controlled. It's WarioWare, but with motion controls. It's WarioWare, but you've got to hold the controller in different places. Like, hold it like it's an elephant nose. Hold yeah. it like it's a hat. And a couple of them are fucking frustrating. Yeah. Uh, with the motions not quite feeling right. But most of it works quite well, and some of it's just really satisfying. Yeah. Like, it it shouldn't be as satisfying as it is to, like, manoeuvre your Wii remote to control a finger going up a nose. But it is. Yeah, as as much as I've, enjo- I've enjoyed some of the WarioWare since, that's the one I always think back to as, like, where WarioWare was most fun to me. Yeah, and it's I, I still need to play the Switch one, because uh, I do like WarioWare a lot, like, as a series. 
the Switch one is really fun in a very different way. It's trying to be something very different, and it, it I wouldn't want it to be the like the entirety of the series going forward. But for a one-off, I had a lot of fun with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, looking forward to that. I'm glad you had fun with that. That's good to know. Yeah, it's it's really it's a very silly game. You know, it's as tech demo-y as a lot of Wii games were, but because it's WarioWare, it's justified. And one of those instances where you're like, no, it makes perfect sense that you're just fucking around with what motion controls can do because they're little micro games. That's the point. Just do something weird and different every time. Yeah, very quickly start shaking something. Don't don't think, just shake. Also, the uh, the the Zen like descriptions of the different ways in which you hold the <laughs> the real remote are still really funny. Yes, like holding it like handlebars, and you've just got this really calming, soothing, almost Bob Ross type guy just being like, like all things, this requires tight shorts. Um, just a just. A very funny little game. Uh, the other one I played to some degree uh, was one of my favourite Wii games, actually. Uh, House of the Dead Overkill. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to surprise anyone by saying that it's A, still really quite fun, B, quite funny in places, and C, dated with some of its humour. I, I don't think there's any surprise at any of that. It was dated with some of its humor then. Well, yeah. I mean, it was part of that. In the 2010s, there was, um, what was it? I think that was 2010s. Or certainly late, very late 2000s. But there was that period uh, where Grindhouse was a thing again. Yeah. And one of the main problems with the Grindhouse revival was a lot of it smacked of we're using this as an excuse to be like offensive and say shitty things. Yes. But under the guise of parody. And as someone who used to do that and is deeply ashamed of that, um, I recognize the motive. Yeah. And this game has some of that. Um, particularly the, uh, the, the rather ablest stuff in the first chapter um, with mm-hmm. the first boss. And some of the, the sexualization just it's one of those things that i've said before it's like it's not satire if you're just doing the thing that you're saying you're satirizing you're just reinforcing it at that point however uh, a lot of the uh the the banter between the two protagonists washington and g is still quite funny um the sheer shameless overuse of swearing is still fucking funny uh, and the gameplay is solid. Like, it is a solid House of the Dead game. Um, and I'm, in terms of just presentation, uh, easily the best. Because every House of the Dead game is camp, and leaning into that campness could have been to the game's detriment. It could have, you know, been a little too nudge-wink, a little too knowing, and and gone too far the other way. Like, Trying so hard to be camp, you just want to cringe at it because it is just desperate to be funny. But they lent into it just enough that it is an incredibly silly, amusing game uh, that works quite well still. Yeah, like the second boss, the screaming one, is still a pain in the fucking dick. But outside of that, I very much have been enjoying playing that one again. And uh, those... Those are the two I played to some great degree. I will, of course, in the coming weeks, until I get bored, be bringing you once again, uh, over and over again, to a, a segment very much like Vita Corner, 
It's got some similarities. Yeah. Mainly just me going, Stephanie's wee corner. <laughs> Which, let's face it, people said they loved that whole segment. Yeah. But that's all they like. That, yes, that was what they wanted. Otherwise, I'm just talking about games I played this week, like any other thing. People just like that. And, and games that games that are generally quite old and probably not of tremendous interest to the vast majority of people. No, but really, isn't that what's most interesting at all, of all? Of... No, but the one thing we can all get behind is... Me, a train of you. Oh, sorry. Oh, well later uh you know but the the jingle you know everyone can get behind the jingle everyone can love that that's the secret you can shovel a whole bunch of other shit under something if you give them the one thing that they like look i'm I'm gonna have to be honest every time you say it's stephanie's week or not i am quietly in my head just gonna be going stephanie's piss game corner like that that's how it's gonna go in my head and i hope i hope that's all right it's better than what i was doing Go anyway. Anyone else playing anything else this week? No, I think that's it for me. Well, I, 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 we're not doing news because fuck it. We agreed to do to not do news. Yes. Did we lose Steph? We lost Steph. Oh no. Technical difficulties. Until we get Steph back. I'm going to I'm going to pull a, a uh, feature out of the hastily a- assembled episode 400 features bin. Oh good. Conrad, while we wait for Steph to come back, let's find out what video game character you are via a multiple choice quiz. Okay. I would love to know what video game character I am. Yep, I'm I'm very curious if you can work out in any way shape or form how any of these things are anything to do with video game characters. Okay. Pick something to eat. I've got a list for you. Okay. I'll eat anything. Spaghetti. Fruit salad. Cereal. Protein bar. Anything carb-based. Something gluten-free. Or beef jerky. I'll eat anything. You'll you'll eat anything. That's that's probably to do with a video game character. How many of these fucking questions are there? There's only, I think, like five. Okay. It's not, it's not going to take us that long to find out which video game character you are. Pick a drink, Conrad. Okay. Espresso. Mimosa. Give me anything. Red wine. Orange juice. Oat milk. Aperol. Or a smoothie. Espresso. Oh, it's Friday night, Conrad. What are you up to? You having a family dinner? All your close friends are over? Watching Netflix by yourself. Whatever your friends want to do. Hosting a get-together at a local non-profit. Planning your next vacation. Ordering in something yummy. Or spending time outdoors. Uh... Uh... The, the, the dinner, the first one. You having family dinner? Sure. Cool. We're nearly, we've nearly escaped this hellhole. What are you currently binging on Netflix? Planet Earth... All right, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. One second, one second. <laughs> is this sponsored by Netflix in some way? This um, quiz? I, look, I did genuinely go looking. As far as I can tell, if it's sponsored by Netflix, they didn't declare the uh, the advertising spend. Okay. But, All uh, right. All right. I mean, I had the same, I had the same vibes. This is allegedly just BuzzFeed doing what BuzzFeed does. Uh-huh. So, yeah, what are you currently binging on Netflix? Planet Earth? Stranger Things, Bojack Horseman, Orange is the New Black, Queer Eye, The Haunting of Hill House, 
Ozark or The Good Place? It's it's actually a problem that there are so many genuinely pretty good shows on that list. <laughs> I know there's a few there's a few genuinely good ones on that list. Like I I'm, I'm torn. Am I am I doing BoJack? Am I doing The Good Place? Am I doing Ozark? Which is better than you'd think. At least it was in the first season or two. I mean, of these, which one do you think most represents your inner video game character, Conrad? My inner video game character? Oh, God, it's BoJack Horseman. Oh, no. no. Oh, God. Oh, I hate that. We have one final we, we got one final question. And again, reminder, all of these are supposedly going to help you find out what video game character you are somehow. Mm-hmm. What's the most important thing to you? Family? Kindness? Loyalty? Independence? Adventure? Leadership, popularity, or taking care of others? Um, sure, taking care of others. Hello? Oh, you're back. Good, we're about to find out what video game character I am. Fucking internet. Alright, Leia, sorry, I'll let you do your thing before I start whining. No, 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 that's alright, we'll get you back in, we'll get you back in. I want you back in to know what video game character Comrade is. So, Conrad, um, do you want to take a wild guess in the dark as to what video game character you, you have been assigned? Because I guarantee you're never going to fucking get it. No, I, no, there's no point. Just who who am I? Now, I'm going to read this exactly as BuzzFeed have, have placed it, because I've, I've never heard him referred to this way, but I guess it's technically right. Mr. Pac-Man. Mr. Pac-Man. Mr. Pac-Man, I, I suppose, look, if we're going to call Miss Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man... No, we, that makes sense, yeah. That is on his birth certificate. He he is legally Mr. Pac-Man. Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, so, somehow picking BoJack Horseman led you to Mr. Pac-Man. It's probably the... Well, it's the pills. <laughs> okay, okay, there we go. It's, look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, Conrad is Mr. Pac-Man. Mr. Pac-Man. <laughs> there we go. Episode, we did it. Episode 400, done. So catch me up to speed. I'm guessing that you've been doing a quiz to find out what video game character you are. I wasn't talking for a bit because, God, I can't wait to have real internet. The phone I'm relying on for internet died because it's consuming too much power that could be charged into it. Oh my God. That's okay. Yeah, no, I, look, we, we, we were going to the outro and then we realised you were gone, so we vamped for time. I did a what video game character are you quiz for Conrad and Conrad is Mr. Pac-Man. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. I, well, that is a, as good a... I think if, if 400 episodes have been leading to anything, it, <laughs> it's, it's the revelation that, Mr. that Conrad is Mr. Pac-Man. <laughs> Conrad Zimister Pacman. It works just about. <laughs> Tune in for episode 500 to find out which video game console Steph is. Yes! <laughs> Can't wait. Will it be the Mega Drive? Who knows? Oh, I hope so. Either that or, or, or um, uh, Game Boy Color. That'd be a good one. Yeah, a little yellow one. That'd be nice. Oh, Game Boy Micro, Game Boy Micro, I could really vibe with. Speaking of vibing with things, um, a lot of people would love to chill out to some more content now that they finish this. They're rampant consumers of it, and I believe you're quite the provider. I, I I've been known to create content out in this world, and one of those things is a book. Mm. It's out now. Me and my dysphoria monster. It's a illustrated children's book. What I did, and it's out now. And all of the reviews have been really positive and I'm very happy with the positive reception it's had. 
if you are in the market for a children's book that can be used to go, hey, younger relative in my life, let me explain to you trans stuff in a way that is child appropriate. This is a children's book for that. Other than that, I'm at Laura K. Buzz, basically all of the places that people do stuff. If you happen to be in Norway on the 8th and 9th of September, I'm going to be at Trondheim Pride in Norway. I'm going to be doing a couple of little talks and things during during Trondheim Pride, so look forward to that. Conrad, where are you on the internet? What do you do? Oh, you can find me at Conrad Zimmerman on Twitter and Instagram, and you can hang out with me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thatconradzimmerman, where I stream a few different days at a few different times so that maybe something works for somebody. Um, you buy anti-capitalist propaganda that I make at pinfultruth.com and audiobooks at conradreads.com. I might actually get another audiobook out here soon, hopefully. You listen to Let's Talk About Snacks, and everything I do online gets supported through Patreon at patreon.com slash fistshark. And you know who else has a Patreon? James Stephanie Sterling. Indeed, indeed. Uh, I've heard this as well. Patreon.com slash Jimquisition. Uh, that supports this and the Jimquisition video series. Obviously, it's named after that. Um, where, you know, it, it allows me to roast... Well, it allows me to manoeuvre Steam developers into roasting themselves. Uh, all the more. Um, stay tuned for more developments on that little story. I also stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Jim Sterling. Um, obviously, while I've been waiting for internet, I've not been doing that. But hopefully from Friday, it'll be back to business as usual. And I've got all my stuff behind me, like my little step shelf with all of my geeky things and statues and stuff. So it's going to be nice to have a nice background for once. Um, very much looking forward to that. Wrestling dates. Thank you, everyone who came to Preston and Newcastle this past Saturday. Both shows were incredible. I had my most solid match in Preston in front of the biggest crowd I've ever performed in front of. Terrific. Loved it. Uh, upcoming dates. September 11th, maybe? I'm not sure yet in Newcastle. September 24th. If you're in Sheffield or can get there, I'm not yet ready to make a full announcement, but save the date. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, October 1st, Manchester. Uh, I will be part of the debuting Sovereign Pro Wrestling, Shotty Horror's new promotion. Um, a promotion that's talking about doing action figures. <gasps> including one of the Commander. Commander Sterling, thank you. Oh, I need to get I, I I need to be a wrestler now. I want to have an action figure. Right? Oh. Um eight person elimination match. Uh Commander Stephanie Sterling versus a whole bunch of people including Kid Bandit and Simon Miller. October 8th in Blackpool. It will be Commander Stephanie Sterling versus Simon Miller one on one for PCW. Very excited about that. Um uh, the other dates are not public yet, um, but I will have stuff in November. I've got two dates confirmed for November, and November 4th being one of them. Uh, again, uh, just something to keep an eye on if you're in the north of England. Uh, very exciting, like, big things happening in wrestling. And thank you so much, everyone who's come out to support me, including the, the fan who came to avant-garde with a crocheted Commander Sterling plush, Aww. which absolutely made my jaw drop i posted it on twitter and, and instagram it's just it's so wonderful um thank you again so much for, for sending that uh bringing that to me at the avant-garde show so good um and that's it 
thank you all so much for joining us for nearly eight years and over, well, exactly 400 episodes officially of this show. Thank you so much to Laura and to Conrad for being here for for so long, um, for being part of such a long-running podcast. And thank you all for the continued support that allowed it to go this long. It's been incredible. Um, just having the, the level of support to do this job, especially in the past few couple of years yeah. uh, where things have been really difficult, like, it's incredible. This show has been the constant in most of my adult life, and mm -hmm. I am very thankful this is a thing I get to do, so thank you all. Yep, thank mm -hmm. you. Yeah, and we will see you next week without fail. Thank you again, and goodbye. Bye. Bye.